brought to you by Charity Mobile, the phone company that sends 5% of your monthly plan price to your favorite charity. No contracts, nationwide coverage, risk-free guarantee. Learn more at CharityMobile.com. Have the Cardinals had enough of Francis's antics? One respected Italian priest and theologian who used to work for Benedict XVI directly has had a recent interview and has written recent articles, and regardless of what the consequences of his speaking in this way might be, he has a message that the cardinals who will choose the next pope are heavily divided, and many of them have had enough of Francis and want something else to come after, something or someone less divisive, and who will not treat the faithful like garbage. That priest is Monsignor Nicola Bux, and he has a statement I'll give you here shortly from an Italian news site, or at least an excerpt from it, as well as an interview with Edward Penton from Mr. Penton's website, where they go into this problem in more detail. Let's start with the interview done by Mr. Penton, though. Monsignor Bux is not a figure most American Catholics have heard of. He's a very conservative, tradition-leaning priest who often writes publicly about the overreaches of the Bergoglian rule in Rome. In the past, he worked for, in Rome with Benedict XVI and is presently a theologian attached to an Italian university. He sat down with Edward Penton a few days ago and described a situation in the church that will give many of you hope. Despite the fact that Francis has appointed something like 70% of the cardinals who will choose the next pope, the College of Cardinals are tired of Francis. They're tired of his antics and of his excesses, and they want some return to normalcy. Quote, Half of the cardinals who will participate in the next conclave, and many bishops are convinced we cannot go on this way, and change is needed to put the church in order if she is to remain Catholic. There is turmoil in the College of Cardinals, as there is among the priests, he explains, and adds, the ecclesial body is waking up from a state of anesthesia. End quote. Monsignor Bucks goes on to reiterate Benedict's line that the hermeneutic of continuity is essential to stability in the church. Now, the problem is, of course, that no one who espouses the hermeneutic of continuity has been able to show true continuity between conflicting preconciliar statements on issues like, I don't know, personal conscience, religious liberty, the relationship between Pope and bishops, or even Benedict's own statements about Vatican II being the undoing or an anti-syllabus of errors. There can be no continuity in contradicting statements like that. And Francis has himself used his authority to sweep the hermeneutic of continuity away anyway. And so few of the better bishops and theologians are willing to address in any meaningful way these contradictions I outlined here. That having been said, Monsignor Bucks's point is interesting nonetheless. He sees what he calls a rightward shift happening in the secular and ecclesial worlds. And he sees that among the cardinals of the church, first and foremost, which is what we're most concerned about here. I'm not that concerned about the secular world for the moment. In a short article he wrote for Marco Tosati's website in Italian a few days ago, he pens a program for fixing the crisis in the world and in the church. What it will take, he says, is the coming of a pope who actually carries the cross and teaches the faith. He begins by comparing the, the state of the church to an absurd law being pushed in Italy that will ban non-electric cars by the middle of the next decade, which will have catastrophic effects on the economy and the real lives of everyday Italians, and especially the poorest Italians. He then states unequivocally that the church is running the risk of the same thing, hinting that the synod on synodality is itself a catastrophic blunder because the church is essentially contributing to the de-Christianization of the West. He does this through a frankly kind of clumsy analogy, 
by comparing it to the economy. And then he asks, what would the economic effect and social effects of far fewer believing Catholics on the West be? And he makes it clear that it wouldn't be a good thing for obvious reasons, but he says there is a remedy to this. A pope who actually carries the cross and professes Christ and does so publicly and gets away from this ambiguous mere spirituality stuff that Francis is engaged in. Now, in that statement isn't a terribly subtle accusation against Francis. Monsignor Bucks is saying the next conclave needs to focus on the restoration of Christendom and the restoration of the faith in the broader culture. But how do we get there? He asks the question himself, quote, what would it take to do that? Simple, a strong moral authority guided by a pope who knows how to recognize the causes today of errors. A pope who wants and knows how to establish omnia in Christo, who wants and knows how to light the fire of Christ on earth today, not in spite of anti-Catholic environment and the prevailing secularism, but precisely because of the anti-Catholic environment and the prevailing secularism. Is this clear? The choosing of the next pontiff does not necessarily have to be wanted from above, meaning the strong transversal powers, the Jesuits, the Santa Gidio, the St. Gallen group, etc., but this time from below, meaning the Catholic people who know how to influence or convince those who are more on the other side to mobilize. That he is convinced that we need a pope who cancels the current Pontifical Academy of Sciences in the Vatican, who changes the leaders of every institution, starting with the Academy for Life. Today's world needs a pope who, with a cross on his shoulders, knows how to go to the powerful of the earth, not only in the East or the West, but also in the center in Europe, and to speak to them about true progress, about causes and effects, about means and ends, of nihilism and the meaning of life, of science and faith. Once all these vertices of the hierarchy have changed, in a few years the Roman Catholic Apostolic Church will no longer have the doubt whether or not to convert into a small flock. As Benedict XVI explained in Caritas and Veritate, when things don't work, it's not the tools that need to be changed, but the men, the hearts of men. It must be done. End quote. And that's what Mr. Monsignor Books is saying. The cardinals are tired of a pontiff that enables the dehumanization of peoples inside and outside the church. The church needs a pope who is a pope, who acts like a pope, who stands up for the everyday man and woman against the excesses of a world that has embraced increasing depravity and inhumanity. While Francis talks a good game about the peripheries and the poor and the rest, his actions and his words speak volumes about his real allegiances and his real loyalties. And if Monsignor Bucks is to be believed, the College of Cardinals are tired of it. They see the effects on the church and the world that Francis has had. and They don't want more of the same for the conceivable future after Francis is gone. Now, this isn't the first time Monsignor Bucks had said something like this either. In early 2022, the mysterious memo penned by someone calling themselves Demos circulated among the cardinals, outlining the task of the cardinals to ensure the choosing of a good man for the papacy. Now, it turned out that the anonymous author was actually Cardinal Pell. May God rest his soul. Diane Montagna interviewed Monsignor Books about the Demos memo and asked him what the attitude of the Cardinals was to it. And he asked him this in about a year ago. Here was his response at that time. Quote, it would take an inquiry at the various levels, from ushers to officials to authorities to know. The memo may have come from the latter level. Discontent is widespread. 
but it's obvious that there is an underground that doesn't express itself and is just waiting for the end of the pontificate. The Pope told the Orthodox Patriarch Kirill that we must speak the language of Jesus and not of politics. And that's right. However, this also seems to me to be a political way of speaking, since in another forum he said that he does not know why the innocent suffer. This means not knowing why Christ died on the cross. For most experts in the Vatican, the balance sheet of Francis's pontificate, from the doctrine of faith to morals, shows a deficit compared to his predecessors, not to mention in finances. This pontificate has contributed to exacerbating the secularization of the West, because the Pope has intervened on the social and political side and supported a spirituality without identity. And so the question arises, what is the Petrine ministry? We are witnessing an emotional following of the Pope that exaggerates him theologically, as has happened since the time of Pius IX, and now happens with the media. People of the medieval period distinguish the role of the Pope from the person who embodies it, as they distinguished the church from the men of the church, and what is human and earthly from what is divine. That is why Dante could also put popes in eternal fire. So it happens that many who were Bergolians at the beginning have distanced themselves from the current pontificate and consider it chaotic and despotic. The moderates are restless. Some imagine a solution, advocating a synodal church, and others a transitional pontificate. Meanwhile, one day, Marx intervenes, and another day, Mueller, Hollerich, and, fortunately, hell. Let's stop at the cardinals. But another Ladarian, nor Francis, says who is right. If we then move on to the bishops, priests, lay, and non-lay theologians, it's a Scottish shower. That's a French expression, meaning a quick switch between very warm and very cold water. In the Vatican, they are well aware of the apostasy of Catholics in Latin America, which has fallen to 52% in the face of 25% growth in separate and schismatic groups. On January 13th, 2022, the Wall Street Journal ran the headline, because the church is losing Latin America, the Catholic Church has opted for the poor, and the poor have opted for the Pentecostals. This is a tremendous contribution to the process of self-demolition that Paul VI talked about. The Church has been transformed into an agency aimed at solving social, economic, psychological, even environmental problems, abandoning her mission to save souls. At the Amazon Synod, they talked not about re-evangelizing the region, but about the environment, not about fostering a personal encounter with the Lord, but about political and social issues. In short, while the faithful ask for more religion, the bishops offer socialism. End quote. Where is he wrong? <laughs> He's not wrong. That is exactly what happened with the Amazon Synod, and that has been the exact effect of this papacy. But it begs a question, though. Barely a year passes, and now he reports that there is Francis fatigue among the cardinals. Perhaps the moderate cardinals have shifted their allegiance, perhaps not, but the collapse of the faith in South America, and yes, even in Africa, where the real Catholic faith has actually been waning for some time, are signs that perhaps the moderates aren't shifting, not in any meaningful sense. We'll all find out for sure, probably in 2024 or 2025, but until then, it's all speculation. Which is why I ask you now what I always ask. What do you think about this? If you want to read either the interview with Mr. Penton or the article Monsignor Bucks wrote for Marco Tussati or the Diane Montagna interview, I'll have all three of them linked in my show notes at returntotradition.org. I'd post them here, but our hosts have rules against posting links to sites with ads on them, so I post them instead on my site, which is at returntotradition.org. Let me know what you thought of this in the comments, please. 
Like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, as does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.